0: Hello, my Rebels. Today, I'm going to give you sort of a state of the union, what we're up to here at Rebel News, tell you some of our plans, tell you some exciting news. We've got a new book we're publishing. You can get it right now. I am very excited about that and a few other things we're cooking up. So that's ahead on today's podcast. Let me invite you, though, to become a Rebel News Plus subscriber. It's only eight bucks a month. That's not a lot. That's less than Netflix. And you know, if you buy a year in advance, it's only 80 bucks for the whole year. You get the video version of the podcast, Plus other goodies like a show from David Menzies and Sheila Gunn-Reed every week. All right, here's today's podcast. Tonight, an update on what we're doing here at Rebel News. It's December 3rd, and this is the Ezra Levant Show. Why should others go to jail when you're a biggest carbon consumer I know? There's 8,500 customers here, and you won't give them an answer. The The only thing I have to say is government. It's because it's my bloody right to do so. Hello, my friends. You know, we've never been busier in our nearly six years at Rebel News. Uh, I feel like we're drinking from a fire hose. There's so much going on. In fact, we're hiring new staff every few weeks just to keep up. I think you can see a lot of that on your TV screens, but of course, there's also people behind the scenes. Uh, It's so busy, besides doing the show I do every night, and then I do live streams during the day, and so does Sheila Gunn-Reed and David Menzies, and our reports out in the field. There's a lot of building the business in the background. I I almost didn't have time to do the show today, but I thought instead, uh, why don't I turn the show into sort of a report, on how we're doing, because I think you, as our most loyal viewers, I would find it interesting. So I've got some points here I'm gonna go through and I'm gonna throw to clips of videos that illustrate things. So I've got a lot of news. Uh, There's even some news I can't share with you yet, but I'm proud to tell you what we're up to. And I hope you find that interesting. You will get some great videos today too, besides me just blathering about the company. Uh, The first thing I wanna tell you is, I'm very excited about it. It's Raheel Raza, who is the chairperson of our advisory board. She's got a new book, and we are the proud publishers of it. The book is called The ABCs of Islamism. If you're wondering what Islamism is, well, first of all, you can get the book. Uh, Second of all, it's political Islam, Uh, the politicized, aggressive attempt to infuse radical Islam into every aspect of life. But don't take it from me, take it from the book. And you can find out about the book at the theabcsofislamism.com. And look at that beautiful cover. So I'm very excited that we have a new author. And you can get the book and it'll be shipped to you uh, before Christmas. So that's some interesting reading for you. Um, and there's another book we have in the editing process right now that should be out probably in February. If we can squeeze it out in January, we will. I don't want to give it away, but whoo, it is going to be hot. It's going to be Tabasco. So I don't even want to tell you who the author is. It's going to blow you away. I'm very proud. We're turning into a bit of a publishing house. I mean, we published um, 14 titles, if you include ebooks and paperbacks, uh, from me, from Sheila. Uh, we have a lot of different uh, s- subjects we cover. And uh, I'm just very proud of Raheel's new book. I hope you like it, too. Um... Our big focus these days is fighting the fines, and by fines I mean the lockdown fines, and they're so bizarre and so uh, capricious and so punitive, I really think that most of the damage is being done not by the virus itself, but by the politicians using the virus as an excuse to show their inner authoritarians. And as I mentioned yesterday when we went through Aaron O'Toole's speech, I really think it falls in part to us, here at Rebel News, to tell the other side of the story. That's our motto, right? To be responsible skeptics of every government, whether it's Trudeau's government, that comes naturally, to has to be skeptics, or so-called conservative governments like Brian Pallister in Manitoba, and Doug Ford in Ontario, and of course, Canada's awful mayors. Um, So we're covering, I mean, that's our motto, telling the other side of the story. And these days, the political establishment, the public health deep state, and the media party, they are all walking in lockstep. Someone's got to tell the other side of the story, and that's us. I want to give you a few examples. David Menzies, who has been a real star covering the pandemic since the very beginning. He led Canada's coverage of Adam Skelly, the barbecue restaurant owner in Toronto who refused to bend the knee. And uh, just outstanding reportage. Let me show you this clip Of David's work. Here's uh, a couple minutes of that. What brings you out to this uh, eatery uh, this illegal eatery I might add?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Just support support for freedom yeah. So
2: why is it do you think that I mean uh, Adam's point and it's a valid one I think when you have the Walmart's and the Costco's of the world open but all these little businesses shut down under threat of uh, heavy penalties why are we tolerating this double standard in the first place?
3: We shouldn't be I think a lot of people are scared. I think that's the reason why people are tolerating it. A lot of people are just scared to stand up. They don't know their rights. They don't know that this is just a mandate.
4: And we're fighting for their future, so they have the same opportunities that I was provided.
2: Hey, Adam, what did the police and bylaw officers say to you?
4: Uh, They were were all very respectful. They made sure that we... They took a look through and... uh, I'm a little overwhelmed right now, brother. Uh, They made sure... They took a look at the different... uh, rules that we're supposed to be complying with. They found that we were uh, in non-compliance of people eating inside. Everything else was good. We're contact tracing. We have the signs posted so that the customers maintain social distancing. But it looks like there's a little bit of civil disobedience happening today. They decided not to enforce that. And it sure isn't my job as a guy who cooks brisket to uh, enforce government regulations.
2: Adam, do you think you're a catalyst for so many other businesses in the same position you are with your backs up against the wall just trying to earn a livelihood that they will look upon what you've done today and they will also open up in civil disobedience.
4: Of course I know I'm going to be the catalyst for this when everybody stands up and says enough is enough that's when we're going to see this end.
2: And what is the ostensible policy reason in the first place of shutting down a little mompa operator like you, and yet the the Costcos, the WalMarts, the Loblauses of the
4: world—they get to open. It seems to be a, uh, a double standard, doesn't it? Don't ask me, man. How am I supposed to know? I don't make policy. I'm just supposed to enforce it at my restaurant. I don't know why that's happening, but it doesn't feel right to me. And I know there's a lot of other people. It doesn't feel right to them either.
2: Well, I'm looking at this lineup, Adam. How soon are you going to run out of food?
4: Uh, if, we, if we haven't sold out of some meats already, I'm sure we're going to very soon. We had a lot of support today. We have some freedom and patriots that are here to support. Uh, I'm sure we'll be out of food in no time. And
2: no fines so far, right?
4: No, sir. No, not a single fine issued today to my business, myself, or anybody who came here to support. What does it feel like to put defiance on the menu? <laughs> fucking amazing, bro.
0: <laughs> I believe that uh, uh, Adam Skelly is a very interesting character. I don't know him well. I can't... Uh, vouch for him in any way other than showing you what we know. And uh, what amazes me about him is his courage to stand up to literally all the king's horses and all the king's men. And the resonance of those stories, the number of people who have watched them tells me he's striking a chord, he's filling a void, and he may turn into a leader, a public, organic protester that people are marshalling around. Uh, I don't know where he gets his courage and defiance from but it's quite impressive to watch and we'll report that story um, in a way that's not a hater uh, attacker style like the media party does. I don't know if you saw this video yesterday that Sheila Gunree did from the town of Prince Albert, Saskatchewan. I want to show you a little bit of it. The largest pandemic lockdown fine in Canada did it go to, go to some nightclub? Did it go to I don't know what, what, it went to a church fined $14,000 for, for singing. I'm not making that up. Uh, the local casino is open in Prince Albert, of course, but this church is shut down, $14,000 fine. Here's a little bit of Sheila's news story.
2: We moved over there, from there over to here, so that we would be able to, you know, uh, social distance and to comply to, as well sure. as we could, you know, to, to the, uh, you know, reopen Saskatchewan guidelines and then they hand us a ticket i know that that i was gifted to minister to the poor not everyone is gifted to minister to the poor not everyone and i write i don't judge christians for not reaching out because they're just not gifted to to reach out to to people that are just like crazy lives you know and and and, uh so i know that i was gifted at that time the lord gave me the gift of mercy and um and You know, that's been part of the reason why I've been able to persevere because when you know you're called to do something, then there's no turning back. You can't back down from the government.
1: Prince Albert Saskatchewan Church has received a $14,000 coronavirus fine for singing without wearing masks. It's outrageous, it's un-Canadian, and we refuse to let this stand. We are helping the Full Gospel Outreach Centre fight back And we need your help to do it. Today, I'm bringing you a story about a fight the fines case that we've been working on for almost a month now. And then after this is all over, I'm going to ask you to help us help a man who's doing good work to help vulnerable people that few people are willing to do. And he's paying a high cost for all of it in early October. An inner city Prince Albert, Saskatchewan church was given a five figure COVID-19 fine by the province of Saskatchewan for singing in their church without masks on. It could be one of the highest fines of this kind we've seen in Canada. Look at this. A Prince Albert, Saskatchewan church was fined $14,000 after a multi-day event caused an outbreak of the novel coronavirus. A traveling evangelist spoke at the full gospel outreach for several days, according to Prince Albert Mayor Greg Dion, remember that name. He said the event drew hundreds to the church, both from the city and further north. They crossed the line, said Dion, adding he doesn't understand why the church wouldn't follow guidelines when, quote, every other place of worship in the city has.
0: Oh, that is infuriating. And if you want to help us fight back, we've hired an excellent, excellent young lawyer, uh, Sarah Miller. She's helped us with Arthur Pavlovsky and other cases. I'm so pleased uh, that she's really becoming a civil liberties fighter. And it's fun to watch. And frankly, I pity uh, the mayor of Prince Albert, who doesn't know what he's in for. So if you want to help us fight back, go to fightthefines.com. I'm worried that this weekend, as in this Sunday, will be the worst civil liberties weekend in Canada since the... uh, FLQ crisis. I think you're going to see brutal police enforcement. The sorts we saw for Adamson's barbecue, I think you're going to see it at churches in Aylmer, Ontario, in Wellington County, Ontario, in Steinbach, Manitoba, in Vancouver, BC. And lucky for us, we have reporters all across the country. So you're going to see Kean in Manitoba. You're going to see Drea in Vancouver, you're gonna see Tamara doing her work in Ontario. As you know, she joined us from a Fight the Finds program. And as you know, we have a plan, an assembly line now, we're, we're putting it together. It's led by David Amber, a lawyer based in Ottawa. He's working with Aaron Rosenberg. We got a lot of lawyers. You may recall, here's a little clip of David Amber fighting for a personal trainer who was shut down and locked down in the Ottawa area, just to remind you who I'm talking about. Take a look at this. His back
2: is up against the wall. He feels he has the open, almost as an act of civil disobedience, just in order to A, make a living, and B, provide the services his clients so desperately need. What was it about his case that attracted you to it? Well, here in the City of Ottawa, David, you know we've been now, what, on six or seven months of flattening the curve? And uh, I know that the City of Ottawa has been... Uh, on one hand, vigilant in terms of trying to enforce some of these new regulations, but on another hand, uh, in many situations, they've been overzealous Mm -hmm. in terms of their enforcement and in terms of whether or not they're even giving effect to any exemptions that exist. And there's questions as to whether or not we really need these laws anymore at this point in time.
0: So that's David Amber, and he has agreed to set up our assembly line just to take hundreds and hundreds of cases, so, I mean, you can see Sheila went to Prince Albert and really did a long story and spent a lot of time on it. That's great, and that case was a very special one. But I wanna take every case, and I mean hundreds. I mean, I know it sounds audacious, but I actually think we can take 1,000 cases, and hopefully we can get them thrown out en masse, but if that means running 1,000 little trials, thankfully, we've had a lot of people volunteer to help. David's gonna help manage that, because, I mean, Come on, you're taking hundreds of cases. That's a lot of behind-the-scenes work. That's one of the things I'm talking about, but I'm really excited about that. And I have instructed our team, David and Sheila Kean and Drea and Tamara and, and the whole team, not to mess around. If Drea's in Vancouver and she sees police finding a church, if Kean's in Steinbach and he sees police active, act, acting abusively, don't stand on ceremony. Sign up these people for free lawyers from David, and we'll work out the paperwork later. We've got to help people in real time. We can't wait 30, 60, 90 days. So I'm, that's really our big project behind the scenes. I want to let you know that we've we've taken a ton of cases in Australia. Our firebrand of a reporter down there, Avi Amini, he's, he's a one-man army. He's doing such a great job. And... Uh, His cases that he's taking down under um, aren't just individual cases. We're doing a constitutional challenge down under because they've been arresting people for merely protesting. And uh, those cases are moving through the courts there at a fair clip. Uh, The worst of the lockdown has been lessened, and I credit Avi Yamini for that. But here's a clip... um, of one of the latest cases down under, just to show you that we're, you know, Canada's our home, our heart's in Canada, 95% of our staff are in Canada, but we do care about the world. And with Avi down under, we can make a difference there too.
5: Take a look at this. Mate, fantastic day. I know you're excited. I can see the smile on your face. Before we get into your reaction, first tell us the story. We haven't had a chance to even catch up on camera, only over the phone. So let people out there know what happened from the beginning. So I've taken the family out on the bushwalk over in um,
6: Mansfield, uh, beautiful mountains along there, and on the way back, heading home, uh, we ended up being pulled up by police, and uh, they let us know we're breaking the law. So we said, "Oh, we didn't know, you know, legitimately." We, so we took the family straight home, uh, thanked them for the advice. And of course, a month later in the in the mail was a fine. Didn't have the funds at the time, doing double shifts trying to support
5: a family of four and renew it. So how are you feeling today, now that Madeline managed to get this revoked?
6: It's, it's fantastic. It's amazing news to hear um, how it's been revoked and yeah, they've uh, dropped the charges, been pulled out of court. Did you think this was going to happen? I thought it was going to take a lot longer. I didn't expect it to happen so soon. (laughs) And, um, yeah, it's just uh, exhilarating. Uh, family's, Family's overwhelmed.
5: Thanks for joining us again, Madeline, and thank you for this very first win. How are you feeling about the news?
0: Oh, very happy, very, very pleased for Tony that we were able to get his matter withdrawn and withdrawn very
5: quickly. Yeah, well, it certainly helped him out because obviously it's affecting his employment as well. But the crazy thing is Tony was actually about to pay it.
0: Yes. Well, Tony's matter demonstrates the value of getting legal advice uh, in these type of matters.
5: Absolutely. And that's why we're doing what we're doing. I'm really excited uh, for all the coming upcoming cases and to see some hopefully similar positive results. Again, thank you for taking on all these cases and Thank you on behalf of Tony and everybody out there supporting this.
7: Thanks.
6: What's your message to Madeline? Thank you. Thank you, Heaps. It was a fantastic job. Uh, it was great news from the start. Even just having her phone call straight up, she let me know, yes, we have got something yeah to go to court with sort of thing. Yeah? Let, letting me know straight
5: away, it was um, relieving news. Could you have done this and won this alone? No. No. Well, we're really happy, we're really glad that um, Madeline was able and fightthefines.com.au was able to make this happen for you because this is what it's about. It's about helping regular, everyday Australians who didn't even do anything wrong to fight back and stand strong and at the end, succeed. So well done, thank you so much. Thank you for being a part of it. Thank you for sharing your story and empowering others to do the same.
6: Thank you, Rebel News. Thank you, That You have been fantastic throughout the process. Um, I can't thank you guys enough. (laughs) Our pleasure. This is what it's about.
0: You know, I was worried that we would have to really subsidize the Australian operation. But in fact, Australia is so hungry for telling the other side of the story. I'm really pleased to say that our Australia operation is doing great. In fact, it shows that some of the issues we're dealing with here in Canada are universal. Canada, Australia, and I don't know if you saw, but this morning we revealed that we have a new teammate in the United Kingdom. We used to have a whole crew there centered around the uh, rambunctious Tommy Robinson. He left our employee about two and a half years ago. We helped him out when he was thrown in jail on a bogus contempt of court charge. Um, Tommy's been doing his own thing for a couple of years. I still stay in touch with the lad. It's, it's fun to banter with him. Of course, it's hard for me to try. I haven't left the country since the pandemic. I used to go to the UK but at least once a month. So it's hard for us to tell stories in the UK we, when we don't have any people there. Well, now we do. Benjamin Lockname has signed up with us. He's very British. And um, here's our first British video done by a British journalist in years. And hopefully it's the first of many. And it's with our Fight the Fines project in that country. They all have similar websites. Fightthefines.com is our Canadian website. Fightthefines.com.au is our Australian website. And fightthefines.co.uk is our UK website. I know it's hard to keep track, but each country has their own domain. And uh, so here's a little snippet from our first Fight the Fines Case in the UK led by a Brit. Take a look. This is
3: a, a substantial risk that you are facing by not adhering to the well, lockdown guidelines we'll and to based to... on what trading standards have advised you already. We'll have to well, look, into we look, look, into look into that. If you want to look I can only go on what I've been told myself. Giving,
8: no, excuse me. You're not even giving us time to sort out what our rights are here. This is a no. Wait a minute. This is a business of 30 years here, and I'm not we we. That. we, I... we we don't feel that you are that the law is is right in this respect that we are not doing anyone any harm by being open this, we are doing no harm what what proof mm-hmm. is it that you we've I harmed anyone
7: uh, i'm visiting a family who run a business who have been persecuted by the local police they've received warnings they have received orders to shut down and they've received fines and just around the corner there's a wh smith doing the exact same services that they offer but they're not being targeted, it's just the small local family businesses.
3: What I've been told, if you keep failing to abide by the trading standards then that you need to be closed, there is a risk that you pay for yourself- I don't get That how... if you continue to fail to obey by the regulations- well, we'll shut down completely. That there is a risk that you can be given away, or you can have your license taken away from you, and you can be shut. This is a, a substantial risk that you are facing.
7: If you or someone you know has been unfairly fined, ticketed, or even arrested, head over to fightthefines.co.uk and fill out a form with the details of your case. We will crowdfund a civil liberties lawyer to fight the fine in court, just like we will for this shop here in Droitwich.
8: On the first day of this second lockdown, um, we'd already decided before that, uh, that we would be opening. Um, So we opened up on the first day and within an hour and a half, um, the police came and uh, physically shut the shop, Hmm. um, actually closed the doors.
1: Well, yeah. they stood in the door and stopped people from you in basically. Oh, really? Yeah. So, oh, yeah. Yeah, so you were still open? We were open. Yeah. We had one yeah. officer oh. talking to us, the other one standing in the doorway.
3: This isn't for us to challenge. How will we for you to take up with them? As far as we're concerned, mm-hmm. we've been told by the government that this does not meet the requirements for the shop to be open. And so that is
7: what we're here to advise you. And did they have sort of a, a notice or permission to do that, or did they just no, take no. it upon themselves? Yeah.
8: Mm. Yeah, so. Right. Um, okay. Yeah, so that was the, the first day. So we kind of, um, we just went along with it that day because it was quite, um, it was quite dramatic, wasn't it, mm. the way you really yeah, people in. and
1: it was quite um, um, yeah. intimidatory, if yeah. you use that word. Right, so exactly,
8: yeah. Yeah, so we um, went away and thought about it and decided to reopen mm. um, as an essential shop. Um, which we, we kind of felt we were essential before anyway.
1: And the main but, um, reason for that was because we saw that this lockdown wasn't like the previous one. Other shops were open who mm, had been closed mm. before. Like WH H- Smith us. around the H- corners. Corners. Yeah. Yeah. which mm.
7: effectively is doing the exact same thing as you do.
1: Except they sell newspapers.
7: You're a small business trying to stay open and a big chain like WH Smith can get away with the exact same thing. Um, Do you think that's anything to do with the fact that you're a small business and therefore an easy target?
8: Yeah, I think so. They're allowed to be open. The post office sells loads of cards as well. Right. um, And of course, I've got to mention the garden centres because they... I mean, you go to a garden centre for a trip, for a jolly, you don't go up to a garden centre for essential stuff. They're usually more expensive anyway. Mm. People go there for a trip and they're allowed to... Stay open, they're selling all the same kind of things as we get gifts and cards and, um, yeah, clothes and everything. Mm. All those kind of shops have to close, but but they're being
0: allowed to stay open. Can you imagine that? That's the same problem we have here in Canada. So it's a little gift shop that sells cards and stuff, and they're being crushed. But WH Smith, that big chain, we have it here in Canada too, they're allowed to sell cards because they have snack food. So this little mom and pop shop says, well, we can sell snack food too. Which one do you think the police have gone after? And yeah, I'm really excited that we have a teammate in the UK now, and I think he's going to have a little bit of fun. Um, so that's a little bit of a summary of our focus these days, but you knew that. Uh, I'm really excited about Raheel's new book. There's a new book in the new year. Boy, you know, I want to tell you about it, but I, we have to, you know, you can't take the cake out of the oven until it's baked. And we're baking it right now. Um, You know, I'm thinking ahead to the year 2021. In so many ways, the year 2020 was was stolen from us. It was wasted. I, like everyone else, was confused and uh, uncertain about the virus for several months. Would it really be like Ebola or a zombie apocalypse? And now, I realize it's it's really a bad flu season. It's comparable to that in terms of its death toll. Any death is a tragedy, but The average age of people dying from the virus is in the mid-80s, and most of them have underlying serious health conditions. I'm not downplaying those deaths. I'm saying now that we know that it affects people in their 80s who have underlying health issues, let's give them all the protection and care, and let's let the rest of the world go back to work. But alas, authoritarians on the left have said, no, 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 don't let a crisis go to waste. And so that's the real battle the political battle that just begins now and i just want to show you that clip of jane fonda again she knows it the virus is a great opportunity take a look at her
1: saying that this is a crossroads it's an existential crossroads and and we are people who can help determine which way humanity goes what a great gift what a tremendous opportunity we're just so lucky we have to use it with every ounce of intelligence and courage uh, and wherewithal we have because you're absolutely right this is it this is it and um
0: you know i just think um
1: covet is god's gift to the left
0: Yeah, that's what we're fighting in Canada. They're fighting it in the United States. Uh, who knows what'll happen if Donald Trump will pull out a win? I don't know. But Joe Biden, he's going to be a full lockdown guy. You know. Uh, let me close with you. I remember way back when I went to business school at the University of Calgary, got a commerce degree, and I remember they had something called a SWOT analysis: strength, weaknesses, opportunities, threats. So it's just a way of looking at your situation. What are our strengths going into 2021? We're not quite there yet, but I was thinking about it anyways. Our strengths are our track record. We've done, I don't know, 15,000 videos now. We've worked out our systems. We have more than 1.4 million YouTube subscribers. I looked at our statistics today. We've had 570 million views of our videos, totaling more than 2.5 billion minutes watched, and that's just on YouTube. We're also on Instagram now. And Twitter and Facebook. So you add it all up, we are Canada's largest independent broadcaster, and we're online. We're larger than many of the old-line players like Global News and CTV. Um, so that's the strengths. Our track record. We've been doing this for a while. The machine is sort of working. We figured out. Uh, we figured things out, and we've got, you know, millions of people who rely on us for information our weaknesses are sort of related. Um, We're sort of in a silo, off to the side. The mainstream media so despises us, I get it, the feeling's mutual, so it's not a permeable membrane between us and them. That is, when we break important news, when we tell important stories, it's like the media party says, oh, huh, well, if Rebel News is talking about these, even if they're newsworthy, we're deliberately not going to talk about those because those are tainted, because those are rebel stories. So the very thing that makes us strong, we tell the other side of the story. We give people another point of view. We give news for people who don't feel served by the CBC and the Toronto Star. That distinctive flavor we have is also a weakness in that our ideas cannot permeate into the mainstream culture. That's why we rely on people like you to spread the word. So that's a weakness. We probably have others too. Opportunity? Well, more than ever, people need the other side of the story. And although the pandemic is a terrible time, both in terms of health and most importantly, civil liberties, it is a time when people value that other side of the story. And I think we are really becoming that, not just in word, but in deed. These Fight the Fines projects um, are tremendously popular, not just with viewers, but with people who need the help. And what's the threat? That's the T in the SWAT analysis that I remember from business school. Well, I think our threat remains what it always has been. And in fact, I think it's getting worse. And again, depending on the U.S. outcome of the presidential race, if Biden wins, which I think is still likely, tech censorship. That is not censorship at the hands of a human rights commission or a court, but censorship at the hands of some unknown bureaucrat in Silicon Valley, who just pushes a button called delete. What would we do if we were shut down from YouTube where we have so many millions or billions of views? What would we do if we were shut off of Twitter? All of a sudden we would be a rumor, just a mist, just history, and that remains our threat. I think, of course, those companies are being pushed by leftist governments to censor us. We see that kind of language all the time in Canada, also in the Democrat Party in the United States, and even just yesterday this clip in the United Kingdom, where both the uh, Labour Party and the Conservative Party are talking about censoring contrary views about vaccines in the pandemic. Look at this.
7: Um, as the Prime Minister knows, we've got the highest regulatory and medical safety standards in the world. Um, but it's really important we do everything possible to, to counter dangerous, frankly, life-threatening disinformation about vaccines. We on this side have called for legislation to be introduced to clamp down on this with financial penalties for companies that fail to act. So will the Prime Minister work with us on this and bring forward emergency legislation in the coming days, which I think the whole House would support?
4: Prime Minister.
0: Well, uh, Mr Speaker, we are, of course, uh, working to tackle all kinds of disinformation across the the internet, and uh, he's right to single out the the anti-vaxxers and those who who I think are totally wrong uh, in their approach. And uh, he's right to encourage take-up of vaccines across the the country. And uh, we'll be publishing a paper very shortly, Mr. Speaker, on online harms, uh, designed to tackle the very disinformation that that he speaks of. So I think there's enormous pressure on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Google, Amazon, to censor our side of the story. I lived with that earlier this year when my own book, The China Virus, was banned, then unbanned, then re-banned, then re-unbanned by Amazon because it contradicted official points of view. You'll notice on a lot of our videos, we start off with a censorship warning. YouTube requires us to put a warning, like we're poison or something, in the front of our videos. That, I believe, remains our greatest threat. But I suppose if I had to sum up why we're still here, coming up on our sixth birthday? Well, because it's you. We don't take a dime of money from Justin Trudeau. We're 100% viewer-supported. And for that, I thank you. Well, that's our show for today. Until tomorrow, on behalf of all of us here at Rebel World Headquarters, to you and all, good night, and keep fighting for freedom.